Good evening. Thank you for being here tonight. But just highlight what Reese, uh, Pastor Reese, has said, and the young people. I was going to say the young people and Denise as they came up. Uh, <laughs> as, as they came up. Uh, tonight and says, listen, th this is here. We know the challenges that there are for kids and young people today. And listen, we want to see them in church. We want to see them in youth. We want to see them in kids' church. We want to see them in everything that we do. It's so, so, so important and stuff. And, and it's such a heart of this church and stuff. The first 15 years I was here, I did the youth and the kids' work and stuff. And some of my happiest memories was when I finished doing it. Uh, with, uh, sorry. Some of my happiest memories were when we did the kids and the youth work, the camps, and the impact, the impact that God had on the lives of the kids and the young people that are here now still. And we just think that's amazing. And, and long may that continue. I remember Denise was on the bus with me at 11 years of age as uh, had all the kids sorted on the bus. And, you know, it was so good last Sunday night, wasn't it, to see Amaya as part of the worship team. We were, we're a church that releases young people and, and into ministry because we want to have a church here tomorrow. That's the thing. When some of us are long gone from here, doing other things or maybe not even here. We want there still to be a church. Uh, we still want there to be a church. That only happens when we re equip and release the, this next generation into what God has called them uh, to do and stuff. And this really ties up really with what I want to share uh, tonight uh, with you because the, the, this morning uh, I said to you that, that a year ago we, we shared with you the, the vision uh, of the church for the next three years. It's, it's the invitation. Uh, and what we wanted to do, we wanted to sort of focus everything that we do in our church around that theme. Because we said that there were four invitations that, that Jesus gave in the Gospel of Matthew uh, to people. And really the two that we focused on was one was to come to him, but then to go for him as well. And, and that's what we want to be about as a church. We want to invite people to come to Jesus. But for us as a church as well, we have a responsibility to go for him. Uh, we don't just want to be a club in a sense. It just gathers here on a Sunday, has a nice meeting, keep the doors closed and stuff and that. And just we want people to, to come to church. We want people to encounter Jesus in their life. And we give them that invitation uh, to do that. I wrote, I wrote these words in the vision, highlighted it, uh, because I thought this was important. And, and we presented this to everybody. And it says, everyone has a part to play. And everyone is welcome to attend, but there is an invitation for everyone to get involved. And, and I think that's really important with everything that we're doing, uh, that we actually need everybody to get involved. And the title of uh, this evening's sermon is this, is Jesus' words in Matthew 16, when he says, I will build my church. And, and that's, that's really the title of it. That's what we're about in this place as we're all gathered here and the theme of building runs right through the bible uh, building always carries the thought of a process working towards completing or finishing something i am terrible at diy i, I can't build anything yesterday i tried to fix a door frame in our house and hammered the nails in walked away and then it dro nearly dropped out of athena's head eh? <laughs> 
Now, some people will accuse me of doing that on purpose, but I didn't. <laughs> so I'm pretty useless at DIY, but I am very gifted at Lego. I really feel it's my gifting and stuff, and I love Lego and stuff. And yeah, Lego has that process uh, of building. You know, and you start with a plan, and if you stick to the plan, and my problem is I've got sausage fingers, so they're obviously a bit difficult. But I love the thought of starting with something that simply is just not there, and there is a process to build something that at the end you have something that's there, whether it be a car or the Disney castle, I'm a big child really, or a Star Wars uh, X-Wing fighter or something like that that you finish with because there is a process working towards completing or finishing something. And that applies to us as a church as well. Uh, because build means to construct something by assembling and joining parts or materials, it also means to establish, increase and strengthen something. We are here together because Jesus wants to build his church and he looks at us as the ones that he wants to use to build his church here in this place where we are and I've said this before I said you know church is this incredible place where you get all these people from all different nationalities all different backgrounds all different intellects all different ages and suddenly they come together as God's people and you know and this would never happen unless Jesus Christ was in the middle of it we have to face that don't we because for some of us we would just irritate the life out of each other if Jesus wasn't involved because we irritate the life out of each other when Jesus is involved so it would be worse and then in that point and stuff so we look at this and we say to ourselves it says we are all part of this body that Jesus has brought together and not for us just to gather together as a group of people but actually to go and do something and he's actually given us the command the mission that he wants to do because building is a theme that runs all the way through the Bible, isn't it? I mean, Noah built an ark, Moses built a nation, Nehemiah built a city, Solomon built a temple. And the first time the word church is mentioned in Scripture, it has to do with building. It has to do with building. Jesus doesn't say, well, I'm going to bring in a church or I'm going to do it. He says, I will build my church I will establish my church I, I will put it in place and it's these words in Matthew 16 that says Simon Peter answered you are the Messiah the son of the living God Jesus replied blessed are you Simon son of Jonah for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood but by my father in heaven and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it it says and this is Jesus once again in the gospel of Matthew and he's got his disciples around him he's keeping them he's with them for the three years but he knows once he goes to the cross he's resurrected he ascends to heaven he's leaving this group with the responsibility of taking his mission his purpose his message to the world and we are the continuation of that today in living hope as we are here uh, and so here in these words we will see some of the things that Jesus says as he says the following the first thing that he says is this he promises to build his church it's not our church it's not my church not, not the oversight's church 
It's not the church of the people that have been here for a long time. Jesus simply takes the ownership of it and says, I will build my church. He takes absolute ownership from the beginning. He's the one that's establishing it. He's the one that's strengthening it. He's the one that brings it all together. And we are his church. It says, and we know, we've said this before, the church is the the group of people that gather, that have something in common. And and actually, church in the original Greek actually is not a religious term. It actually means the the invited or called out ones. A group of people who have a common interest or a common purpose. That really sums us up. That, that's what we're about. Not a religious word in a sense, but a word that says all the people that are together that have a common interest, a common purpose, a common mission. That's us. Says that's when we're the church all together. There's nobody tonight that is excluded from the church. We are all the church. Whether you have been saved for 50 years, whether this is your first night in church, whether it doesn't matter, it says we are the church, we are his church, it belongs to him. But he, he not only does that, he promises to build it. He promises to do something with it that has an impact in the world. Now for us here in Living Hope, I said our, our, our vision, our mission is to impact this community is to impact this, this, this community. We're, we're not interested, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, we're not interested in taking the city, as some people say. We're not interested in taking the nation. I, I know that happens and stuff, that's revival, that's God in it and stuff, but we are interested in making the biggest impact that we can for Jesus Christ in this community. This is our mission field. This is our mission field. This is where we do our mission. This is where we do our work. When we open the doors on a Sunday, right through to the following Sunday, because there's always something on here, I said, this is our mission field. These are the people that we are supposed to reach. These are the people that we want to reach and stuff. So that's the promise that Jesus gives. He said, he promises to build his church. He then turns around and he says, he mentioned the foundation upon which the church is being built on. And and he said this, and it was really the phrase that that, that Simon Peter used. He says, when he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. The foundation of the church is the message that we have. And the message is this, and there is only one message. The message that Jesus Christ loves people He wants to save people. He has demonstrated that by going to the cross. That message was established when he did that. And it's still the message that's spoken tonight. There is no improved message. There is no update. There is nothing that is coming along that is better than the original message that we've just read. That Jesus Christ loves you. He says, and has demonstrated that love by going to the cross. It's the foundation of not only the church, but the mission we have as a church. What are we doing everything we do? We tell people about Jesus. We tell people about how Jesus can save them. It's the gospel message. We want to help people. We're about helping people. But it's not the only thing that we want to do. It says we don't want to make people comfortable in their sin. We don't want to say, listen, here's a food parcel, but ignore telling them about the real 
the food of life, bread of life. We've got to tell them about Jesus. And every avenue that we use, everything that we do here, is about telling them about Jesus Christ. That's the foundation of why we do what we do. It's easier to do it the other way. It is. It really is easy. We could come up here and, and, and when the preachers come and preach, we can preach an easier message. We, we can preach a nicer message and stuff. But, but we don't want to do that because that won't change people's lives. He says, the challenge is, is how much Jesus Christ loves us and has taken the, the sin in our life and the things that we've done wrong on the cross with him as a demonstration of his love. That's the powerful message of the church that he is building. Uh, and then when we do that, he then describes the ultimate victory of the church. He simply says this, he says, the gates of hell, which is Hades, want to overcome it. I mean, Wow. I mean, here we are and stuff. We, we, we keep going here. Because though there is evil around us, though there is heartbreak, and as we spoke this morning, damaged lives, and people who are downtrodden, and people who have been abused, and people who have given up on life and stuff, though this is on the doorstep of our church, none of that will overcome the church. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite of it. That actually we have the message we have the authority. It's Jesus speaks of the victory here that simply says this is what happens when we do what we do. You see, when we send our kids to kids' church or when we bring our, send our kids to youth or when we make sure that our kids are in church, I said that's not just a case of, well, we're giving them the choice, you know, let's just help them as they grow up and do all of this stuff. He says, I'm sorry, that doesn't work. I've said this to people before, see 11 o'clock on a Monday morning and your child has chemistry in school and she phones up and says, or he phones up and says, mum I don't like chemistry, do I have to go to it? I guarantee there's not a parent in here who was a parent, who is a parent, says, don't worry, I'll come and get you. I didn't like chemistry either and so I'll come and let you out of school so you don't have to go to chemistry. Yeah, we do that with church, don't we? We do that with church. We do that, and yet what we're trying to say is the real challenge, the real, the crunch of this is rescuing children and young people from the stuff that goes on out there. The pitfalls that some of us have fallen into when we were young people. And so we want to make sure that that doesn't happen to them because the promise that Jesus has given is the gates of hell will not overcome the church, but they've got to be in church. But they've got to be in church. It says, and that is a real challenge, isn't it? It's a real challenge there as Jesus speaks these words. But then he speaks of the great authority that the church would be given. You know, down over through the last 2,000 years, people have given up on the church on quite a regular basis. You know, the, the people have come and they've come up with new ideas and, you know, they've invented things and they've said, church no place in society today, you know. that. And though different civilizations have come and gone, though different nations have come and gone, the church still stands. The church is still here because it's built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ and his message. It says, so people will say, it says the church has no place in society today. Well, actually it does. 
Actually, it does. We're still here. It says we still have a voice. We still have something to say because it's not established on our skill set and our ability and our gifting. It's simply established on who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for his church. That's why this is so important. That's why he gives it the name here, the called out group, us all together with the same mission to do what he's called each and every one of us to do. And the statement of Jesus was a clear claim here of, of listen, you know, who is building, what, what he's doing, and who it belongs to. And he offers that promise. The forces of death and darkness can't prevail against or conquer the church. This is a valuable promise in dark and discouraging times for the church. We have an amazing church. I'm biased, but that's okay. He says, and as we come to church, I sat down earlier and stuff, and because I wanted to share something of this, this invitation, because we want to have that focus again. And, and it's not that we've lost the focus, but we're just bringing it back to each and every one of us. Because when we get a focus, we understand that there is a part for each and every one of us to play. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, without a vision, the people perish. Uh, and another version, and I said this, without a vision, the people wander aimlessly. We don't want to be aimless wanderers, particularly with church, particularly with the powerful message that we have been entrusted to share. So we have to have a focus. And we've said this is the focus. The focus is the invitation. And, and so we want to invite people to church, but more importantly, we want to invite people to Christ because we know that that will change their lives. But in that, there was a part for each of us to play. He says, in that, we look at it and say, everybody has something that they can do. Uh, and so earlier on, I wrote down the different things that we do in this church. We can call them ministries. We can call them opportunities to serve. We can call them whatever you want. There were 41 of them. 41, and you're like, they're not 41. Sure, you only work one day a week and stuff. <laughs> I know somewhere what some of you are thinking, like, eh? Uh, now, I'm not saying I do all 41 because I don't like, eh? It says I'm actually reading this thinking I, I excel at my gift, which is delegation, because <laughs> out of 41, I'm not responsible for any of them. So I finally achieved what I set out to do. No, I didn't. Here we go. Let me read them out. The academy, next steps, new here, toddlers, refresh. You can go on mission to the Philippines, visitation, life groups, prayer times, pastor's Bible study, living word Bible study, man up, maids of honour, youth, young adults, kids space, worship team, sound team, the gardening team outside, the catering, the cleaning, the baby bank, the food bank, the furniture project, marriage classes, divorce care, grief share, eggs, kids church, youth, serving teams, knitted together, staros meet here. We're out in schools doing scripture unions and assemblies with a charity that raises nearly £50,000 every year with baby dedications to serve the community. There's a missions team, there's a choir uses the building. We're about to start a street evangelism team we have a maintenance team and a social media team that's them all if I apologize now if I have missed anything 
and you can shout at me. And I'm not saying that because it's that. Well, look at us. You know, look what we're doing and all this. I mean, you know, I, I think we're a great church that covers all aspects of life. I mean, we do marriage classes. If it doesn't work out, we do divorce care. <laughs> and listen, if you want to do him in, we do grief share as well. <laughs> and all those are opportunities for people to get involved with something. So don't come to me at the door and ask me any of these two questions. The first one is, what do you do all week? And the second one is, uh, there's not really anything for me to do. That would now be a dangerous thing for you to say at the door, because I'll find you something. You know, because we are creating the opportunity. God is opening the door of opportunity. Because as I've said already, we want there to be a church here tomorrow. But we also want to do this with church, to make sure that people not only find a place of salvation here, but also find a place of purpose. I don't want to embarrass this guy, but this guy is a perfect example of this. So I'm going to have to embarrass him because he's here. Ronnie Oliver. We all love Ronnie here. Ronnie is the example of this. Ronnie comes last year, comes to a meeting, and he starts coming to church, and he gives his heart to Christ, changes his life, and it really does, changes his life. He gets baptised. And then upon getting baptised... Is suddenly challenged by the thought that actually I need to be involved in what goes on in the church. So Ronnie now, you find him driving the bus. If you come down here in the week at any point and you look around the garden, the, the, say the garden to grounds, says there's one person that keeps him clean and tidy because he feels it's what God has called him to do. That's Ronnie. You'll see him out there in the week. Not only that now, we know God has done a work in his life because he's volunteered for the sound desk. <laughs> Johnny Skelly's looking. Nobody volunteers for the sound desk, do they? Nobody volunteers. There's Ronnie on there. He's a perfect example, isn't he? Aren't you, Ronnie? He's hiding down there. He's not the only one. That I could count off the names of different people. I just want to use Ronnie because I just think he's a perfect example of what God does in this church. I'm going to embarrass this young lady, Claire Lama, down here, who was signed up for the CCI Academy for two years and stuff because she just knows God has done a work in her life. It's not to take that step forward. She's going to kill me afterwards, but I can live with that, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and stuff. But I just think the opportunity to do something and stuff it's just it's just it's what we're about as a church it's what our calling is as a church for people to get involved grief share starts tomorrow night with Lydia and her team there are 11 people signed up already 11 people dealing with the issue of grief in their lives and and rather than us well, how can we help them we have the perfect resource that God has opened the door for and the people to use and stuff and I could I could go down the list of, of all of these things not for us to say well look at us aren't we tremendous aren't we just a, a wonderful church we are but I'm saying it for the point of view of we all have a part to play 
And Jesus comes here and he says, I will build my church. Because everything that's going on there is about what he is doing in the church. Whether he's reaching people, whether he's teaching people, whether he's helping people grow, whether it's the opportunity for people to do stuff that they have never done before. For in the end, all of the glory goes to him. The collection of people that we are, as we have come to faith in Christ as Saviour, and then look at it and think to ourselves, we need others to there, exists only because of that central truth of what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. And it is our duty, our responsibility to share that with everybody else. We have taken a big step on Sunday mornings of going to two services these next few months are a crunch time with this because we literally did this because we believe that there were people not yet in our church and now's the time for us to go out and as we said, don't, don't be, don't be there, 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 no. Don't be the one that sort of answers for them. It says we need to start inviting people to church. It says we need to, the worst I can say is no. Well, they may say something else, but you'll get over it. You know, but the worst I can say is no. But this opportunity in the world that we have to share the greatest message the world has ever heard, to simply do this, to invite people, to give them an invitation, to say, my life has changed because of him. I would love to see their lives changed because of him. Where Jesus is proclaimed Lord of the church, he has committed himself to the building of it. The church will advance and all of that through what he does. And you see, we see that the most important thing we can give people is an invitation to simply say, would you come to church? He says, would you, would you come and hear what I have to say? Whether it be a special, whether it be an activity that goes on in church, to invite people to come along, to invite people to come and fill the seats that are empty to bring them along and, and I thought if, if you're asking me what really is the, 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 the phrase the purpose of our church as we move forward this year it, it's this the church is the redeemed people of God who exist to bring unredeemed people to God that's our thing that's our invitation to people we're simply just a, the redeemed people of God inviting the unredeemed people of God to come to church and you see the message that we have and with this I, I finish it says the message that we have and you might be sitting in here tonight thinking I'm not quite sure what he's saying at the front here as a matter of fact I think he's a bit nuts but that's okay because I have this important message and the message is how much Jesus Christ can change your life because he loves you but not only that that when he sets you on that path of salvation that he gives you a purpose as well and your life suddenly makes sense you look at it and say I found my identity in him I found my purpose in him I have found my life in him I have found the forgiveness I am looking for in him the burdens that I've been carrying through my life he takes them off of me because of the promise that he gives me in his word he can be everything tonight that you need absolutely everything that you need and you see God's not stopping God isn't slowing down it says we here are driving a bus and we've used this illustration so many times we are driving the bus I'm the bus driver and I'm not a very good driver but I'm the bus driver 
And it says sometimes people get on and sometimes people get off. And sometimes people are with us for the whole journey and sometimes people are only with us for the part of the journey. But it tells me this, that the God's not stopped. He is still going with what he wants to do. He's not slowing down. He's not changing his plan. He's not laying off workers. He's not bankrupt. He doesn't need a permit. And he's not about to quit. And if God's not going to do any of this, then neither should we. And that's really where we are as we come. The challenge as we throw out to everything that begins in this new season. We simply say, hey, I'm the one for that. Jesus gathers his disciples around him at the end of the book of Matthew. We looked at this with the, the, as the Holy Spirit. He says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all things. He gives the purpose to them, and it's the purpose that we take on tonight, almost like a relay team, almost like the baton is passed. Uh, uh, to us whether we're running the academy or the next steps or the youth or the maids of honor or the edge group or anything else that we're involved with that baton comes down the track and we say we take this on because we have a responsibility in what we do to go to go and make disciples to go and do what Christ has called each and every one of us to do and you may say well I can't do that I could just get involved in something listen get involved then that's the important thing just get involved be part of something that goes on. You know what I've realized in ministry over the years? Somebody's involvement in something always releases somebody else to get involved in something else. You know, God's got it clued up. And you watch sometimes when people volunteer for things, it releases somebody to go and do that, to go and do this, to go and do that. That's the way God works. Uh, and you see, we're here tonight, and we're going to finish this way tonight and stuff, because I know this is a challenge. We're, we're getting ready to start the race once again. The starter pistol is in the hands of the one who's going to say to the people, and your marks, get set, go. And what we want you to do is this. We've read out the 41 different ministries uh, uh, or places to serve that are in the church. And in finishing, we just want you to do this. If you're involved or you want to be involved, or you say, I can relate to this tonight, we just want you to stand. We just want you to stand. Don't be shy. Listen, just stand. That's all we want you to do. Come and stand. Come on. You're doing a Bible study. Let's get on your feet. Thank you. Stand. Come on. There's more than that to do this. If you're running any ministry, if you're involved in something, let's stand. It says, you know, we'll do the worship in a second. It says, listen, if you're involved, stand. Come on. We've got so much going on in the church. And these people, as they stand, are, are, are demonstration of what God is going to do in the church uh, as they move forward in their different activity, their different department, their different area of service. So you know what happens? So when somebody gives their life to God, do you know what we all do? We rejoice because though he saves somebody, we've all been part of that. He's used us, whether we picked that person up in the minibus, whether we baked something for them, whether we've made sure the church is cleaned, whether it's somebody who welcomes somebody at the door, whether it's somebody who gives them a cup of tea and stuff. All of this is a part of what we do as a church. And so the responsibility, the challenge and the mission for each and every one of us uh, as we do this, we, I'm just going to pray. We're not, we're not going to pray for individuals. It's just a collective church together going forward to go and see what God is going to do 
the salvation of souls and the development of people in ministry and service in this church. Let's just pray. Father, we come before you tonight. Father, standing our representation, Father, of the stuff that goes on in this church. It's your church. You have given us the mission of your church. And Father, for these people standing, whatever they are involved in, Father God, we firstly pray for an anointing upon them. We pray, even as Jesus told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the promise, for the gift of the promise that, that you were going to give them. The Father, as they go forward into what they're going to do, Lord, you would empower them by your Holy Spirit. That, Father, you would give them every tool and every resource, Lord, as we move forward, Lord, as we, the redeemed people of God, bring into this church the unredeemed people of God, and Father, we see the salvation of their souls. For you are still in the business of saving people, of changing people's lives. And Father, we want to be a part of that. We want to follow where you are leading. Whether it is with the toddlers, the kids, the eggs, the adults, Father, whatever we're doing. Father, we ask that you would use us, Lord, in a great and mighty way to fulfill your great commission of going into the world, of doing what you've called us to do, of what we are challenged to do, that, Father, that we are a part of this, believing that our best days are ahead of us, that, Father, the success of the church is what happens tomorrow, Lord. And, Father, we just thank you for that today. Bless everybody that stood. Work upon their hearts in their own individual way. Father, in their own way, they commit themselves to you to say, I'm going again. I'm going to reach another young person. I'm going to teach somebody else. I'm going to pray for one more person. I'm going to be here when the doors are open. Father, would you do that tonight upon every life that stood tonight? In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.